good? All right. The Lord be with you. Would you pray with me? All right. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth that's revealed to us. I thank you for how you speak to us. I pray, God, just that you would give us ears to hear your voice to us today. Let your kingdom come. Help us to see you more clearly today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we have been going through a new series where we're going through uh, 1 Corinthians, and they're all based on the lectionary text. And today's passage is from chapter 8, Food Sacrifice to Idols. (laughs) So the good news that I would like to proclaim to us today is that our knowledge or our rightness is not uh, the foundation of our life together, but that love is. Love is what we are called into. So short intro version to this. As I said, it's all about food sacrifice to idols. So there was a group of Corinthians who were going to the temple and eating this food that was sacrificed to idols. Basically what they were thinking is that in their knowledge or the facts that they knew, the theories that they had, that was where um, they found the right to be able to behave however they wanted. So they could do whatever they want, eat whatever they want. And Paul is telling them in this letter to them, he's saying, guys, what you're doing with your knowledge is dead wrong. He says, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And I don't know if you guys have read um, the message version of this text before. If not, I'd really encourage you to do it. I love how... The message just gives this new dimension, this new perspective to Scripture. It's beautiful. I'm not going to read the whole, the whole thing today, but I just want to read a portion of it to you. Um, in it, it says, Knowing isn't everything. If it becomes everything, some people end up as know-it-alls who treat others as know-nothings. Real knowledge isn't that insensitive. So I'd like for us to talk today about walking in the way of knowledge and walking in the way of love and the difference that it makes for the one doing the knowing and the one doing the loving. I don't know about you, but when I think about a person who's puffed up with knowledge, what comes to mind for me is kind of the nerdy know-it-all person. You know what I'm talking about? They might have glasses. I mean... Poor people who wear glasses. I wear glasses. But, uh, you know, they spend all their time with textbooks. They're kind of maybe a little awkward, um, but they're constantly correcting. You know, they're saying things like, hmm, actually, <laughs> you know the type? That's what comes to mind for me at least. But I want to suggest to us today that it also shows up in more subtle ways. In 1996, Uh, Ben and I had just spent uh, a season with YWAM, Youth with a Mission. Have you guys heard of that before? It's a discipleship and mission organization. They're they're all over the world. Um, So we were in Lakeside, Montana, which was absolutely beautiful, um, for a season uh, for training and teaching. And then we spent two months in Venezuela for the missions part of it. And... We had a great time there. It was a time of growing, of learning, of all sorts of insights, 
all sorts of revelations and experiences then on the back end. It was a really, really great time. And so we were coming home now to southern Minnesota um, after our time. And when we got home, we very quickly became quite critical of the local church, to put it lightly. <laughs> we came very prideful, honestly. Every week, you know, we'd go and be a part of the community and we'd think, golly, these guys do not have the things of God in mind. They don't have God's true heart. We understand God's true heart. We know. We had all this understanding. We had um, all of this knowledge now. And we were convinced that they were wrong and we were right. So much so that we were even considering just leaving and not being a part of the community anymore. We were allowing our knowledge, our opinions, our beliefs to puff us up. And I'm realizing that it really didn't allow us to know them or to understand them and to love them. And I remember sitting at uh, our kitchen table with Ben's parents and we were just explaining, you know, all of our, all of our knowledge <laughs> to them, all of our beliefs now. And, and their posture was very, very different towards us. They listened for a long time, very patiently. Uh, they asked questions. They sought to understand where we were coming from. They even gently brought some of their insights, but at the end of the day, they released us and let us make the decision on how we were going to move forward, whether we were going to stay in the community or leave. They were walking in the way of love with us, and we were not. Can you guys relate to this at all? Have you ever maybe experienced somebody like this or been that person yourself? Yes. You can kind of see uh, through this story just the different textures of walking in the way of love and walking in the way of knowledge. See, walking in the way of, of knowledge, it, it separates, it tears down, it, uh, it focuses on the self, you know? We were all concerned about our opinions and our beliefs and what we thought was right. But the way of knowledge, just like Paul says, it builds up, it stays connected, it's caring, it has this humble posture, and it focuses on the community. I remember last semester, my daughter Raina was in a, uh, it's called We the People, it's a government AP class. Um, it's a great, great program. They basically study uh, the Constitution and debate different, you know, points and stuff like that. So I remember her coming back after a few weeks into the class and just being really surprised at how heated their discussions would get in class. I mean, they had all spectrums, conservatives, liberals, all of that, but she would say, gosh, I'm just so surprised at how angry people can get. Their faces would get red, their voices would raise, and they would just be downright rude to each other. It's so easy to fall into that way of walking in knowledge. So whether it's political conversations with classmates or perhaps with family at Thanksgiving dinner, those are ones I try to avoid. 
or maybe it's theological conversations with some friends. The good news that I want to proclaim into that and to us today is that our knowledge or our rightness isn't the foundation for our life together, but love is. Now, side note, I'm not saying that knowledge is unimportant or irrelevant. All I'm saying is that it can't serve as the basis for our life together. It can't serve as that foundation for how we interact with each other. See, I think the bad news that we easily slip into with it is that we think that life is found in knowing the right things, which then puts me on the right team, right? Or I know things that you don't, and that makes me superior to you. And so it almost becomes this status game, if we're honest, right? We think that knowledge sets us free and brings us life. And so having the correct knowledge and being right gives me a sense of of power and thus permission to be able to do or say whatever I like. There is a flip side to this too. When we're in that culture, when we're believing that the knowledgeable ones are the superior ones, sometimes we can struggle with, on the other side, struggle with feeling like, I just don't know enough. And, you know, I'm not smart enough. I don't understand things. Um, I don't get it like they do. And so we can start to feel less than. We can start to bring ourselves down. Comparing ourselves to others is usually the result there. I know I've experienced that. But let me tell you today, guys, comparison always leads to death. It always brings us down. And the good news to us today is that we're being invited to be dictated by love, which is such a beautiful thing. Caring for each other, being sensitive to each other, um, thinking about each other first, not letting issues divide us, but staying connected even if we disagree. See, we love something or someone when we promote its good for its own sake. And that's what we're called into. That's, that's what builds us up. That's what brings unity to the body of Christ. And I have a hunch. I have a hunch that there's a certain group that probably has this way of walking in love down. It's elephants. I'm totally serious. (laughs) Have you guys seen these videos of the elephants? So there's one that I saw. A mama elephant and a baby elephant are by the river, and they're drinking and getting cleaned up. You can kind of see the other elephants in the distance. And the baby elephant kind of just gets a little bit too deep and starts to be swept downstream. All of a sudden, the mom rushes into the baby elephant, you know, as you'd expect, But then, off in the distance, you see all these other elephants come rushing to the baby, gather up the baby, get him safely to dry land, and help him. It's just like, it brings a tear to your eye. So that's my hunch, is that they have this way of walking in love down. You know, they didn't, those other elephants, they didn't see from the shoreline, see the baby elephant going down and think, well, 
I knew that was going to happen. I told him plenty of times not to go too deep, you know, it's too bad, he's just going to drown now. No, he didn't do that. They all rushed in to help. They all were mindful and caring and protective of that baby elephant. So I don't know. I could be wrong. It's just kind of a hunch I have. I kind of like elephants. So let's take a deeper look at the text um, and see how this is being played out for the Corinthians. So food sacrifice to idols. I'm realizing we probably don't have anything that's exactly comparable to that today. I don't, I mean, anybody has recently food sacrificed? I haven't, for a while at least. But we've probably heard it, you know, if you've grown up in the church, you've probably heard it as a stumbling block, block principle. That's hard to say. Stumbling block principle. Um, don't be a stumbling block to others. Be mindful, you know. Don't offend anybody in the church. Um, it doesn't really have to do with offending people in the church. It's, it's much, much more than that. So in the story... This group of Christians were going to the temple restaurant, right? They were eating food sacrificed to, to idols, and the weaker brother saw them and followed their lead. And Paul is saying it destroyed the, that weaker brother. And this group of Corinthians who were going to the temple, in their mind, being spiritual meant having received special knowledge which served then as the basis for how I act. So I've got this certain understanding, therefore it's my right to be able to eat whatever I want, go to whatever restaurant I want, say whatever I want. I'm free. I'm free. And that became their highest aim in life, their highest goal. Remember a few weeks back, we heard about how everything is permissible. Everything's permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And under the surface for the weaker brother, there was a lot going on. There was a lot going on that these other Corinthians weren't privy to. They weren't understanding and thinking about. See, for them, this way of life for sacrificing food to idols, it had been there probably since they were born. They probably grew up, you know, going to the temple restaurant, getting the Happy Meal, all of that. This had been a normal thing for them. And these gods had been a genuine reality for them. And so they were still accustomed to the idol, even though now they served God and were Christians. It's all those ways of thinking and understanding and uh, the beliefs that have been shaped over many years that was woven into them. And Paul is saying... Guys, a mind shaped under those conditions, it just doesn't change overnight. You're still accustomed to it. So they were, they were weak in the sense that that was still kind of in their DNA, in their bones. So for them to return to the temple and eat meant that they were doing it as though it were true, as though it was actually being sacrificed. So that's the reason why it destroyed them. This group of Corinthians were asserting their authority and their freedom to the detriment of their brother, and it was destroying them. And Paul has strong words to say to them, doesn't he? He's saying, don't, those, those old associations, they're not to be lightly disregarded. We need to think about them. 
We need to think about them. He says in verse 11, This weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. So he's saying, don't flaunt your freedom. Be mindful. It does make a difference if you hurt your friend. And when you hurt your friend, you actually hurt Christ himself. So be careful, because knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Love is the way. Love is the foundation, the ground that we are to stand on. It's the the way that we interact with each other in love that matters. So any Christian knowledge that we do get, that we do, you know, get at YOM or listening to sermons or reading books, all of that must always lead to love. Any gain that we get from it has to lead to love. Love moves in the direction of community. So everything that we do that affects our relationships with each other It needs to have that as its primary motivation. Because the aim of our faith isn't knowledge, but it's love. Gordon Fee, who's a theologian, um, who writes really great commentaries, one that I used this week, said that true knowledge consists not in the accumulation of so much data, nor even in the correctness of one's theology, but in the face of the one who has learned to live in love towards all. That sounds like the kind of people that I would love to become and I would love for us to become, that we're aiming towards. And the person who loves has reached the fullness of knowledge because love is really the only true way of knowing. Paul says even in this passage that the one who loves is known by God, is recognized by him. Later on in chapter 13, Paul goes into the most beautiful descriptions of what love looks like, what walking in the way of love looks like. When he says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it doesn't boast, It's not proud, doesn't dishonor others, and it's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And in the Gospels, Jesus said that others will know that you're my disciples by your love, not by your rightness or your knowledge. So this is hitting me. I think I'm realizing just how easy it is to slip into walking in the way of knowledge. You know, almost, you don't even, sometimes I don't even recognize it until (laughs) half an hour later, a day later. You know, there's those moments I realize I'm, I'm a little irritated at my husband when he's telling me things I already know you know, causes me to be snippy, rude, uh, or I interrupt, I jump in. I know, I know. Like, you don't have to say that. I know. (laughs) It's easy to scoff at those who do church differently, who value different aspects of church structure, 
who have different theologies, and even those who have different political views than I do. It's easy to, to subtly think, well, I'm right. We're right. You know, they just don't quite get it yet. I'm realizing how easy it is to slip into that. And the flip side of what I talked about earlier, you know, it's easy to feel like I don't know enough. I don't know the Bible enough. I, not like they do. Like, they really understand it well. It comes easy to them. I start to feel uh, just less than, um, like I don't belong, like I can't do it. Um, I'm not worthy of love and belonging. It's really easy to slip into that way of knowledge. So I want to ask us today, where is this hitting each of you? I want to ask you to consider where do you tend to walk in the way of knowledge and interact with others on the basis of what you know? Who do you think has got it wrong? Who do you think you need to convince or influence or show the correct way of doing something? I've, I've got the right way. They need to change. Where is it causing you to step out of love? And on that flip side, do you feel, too, that sometimes you just don't know enough? Does that cause you to, to come down? And also, as a congregation, I think we need to wrestle with this together. Where are those places where we feel like we're more enlightened than the church around the block? Where do we feel superior to others or smarter than others? Perhaps it's we see what most Christians don't see. We understand things like white privilege or the Me Too movement. We're doing the real work of the kingdom. While the other churches, they just don't quite get it. These are things we need to wrestle with and consider together as we're moving towards love as a community. It's a cleansing thing as we name those places and recognize them. So the good news today, friends, is that our knowledge or our rightness is not the foundation for our life together, but love is. Love is what we're being called into to be dictated by, to have surround each and every one of us. So I'd love to just have a time for us to respond together as we normally do. We usually spend a moment in silence, um, giving us a moment for the Spirit to speak to our hearts. There's a prayer in the booklets uh, that we're then going to move into and pray out loud together. Um, You can pray out loud or pray quietly to yourself. Um, The phrase for today is, Father of love, forgive me for walking in the way of knowledge with and it could be a person, a people group, whatever comes to mind, however you want to fill in that blank, and then help me to walk in the way of love. And then say, Lord, in your mercy, and we'll all agree with you and stand with you and say, hear our prayer. Okay? All right, let's take a moment of silence. I'll pray, and then I'll, we'll move into that prayer. Father, thank you for revealing to us uh, the way of love. Thank you that by your love you have broken down this way of, of knowledge that destroys and that you are inviting us into your kingdom of love. Would you speak to us today, Lord, and reveal to us those places where we're walking in the way of knowledge?
and how you're inviting us to walk in the way of love.